After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awwaz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Asrihil Aziz stated, that accounts relating to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu were being narrated. And one narration with regards to Hajjatul Wada, i.e. the farewell pilgrimage of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is recorded in the following manner. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, left for Hajjatul Wada on a Thursday, when only six days were remaining to the month of Zikada in the tenth year after Hijrah. And according to another narration, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set off on a Saturday. In any case, in this narration, Hazrat Asma bint Abi Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, intended to set off for Hajjatul Wada, Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted that, O Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, I have a camel and we can load our provisions on it. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, agreed to this and hence the same camel was used for the provisions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and those of Hazrat Abu Bakr. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had provisions prepared from flour and barley and loaded them onto Hazrat Abu Bakr's camel. Hazrat Abu Bakr then handed the camel to his servant. Hazrat Asma bint Abi Bakr ta'ala anha relates that we set off for Hajj alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And when we reached Arsh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, dismounted his camel, and we did so as well. Following this, Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha sat down to the side of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and I sat down to the side of my father. The provisions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr were on the same camel, as has been mentioned earlier, and this was with a servant of Hazrat Abu Bakr. Hazrat Abu Bakr was waiting for him to arrive. The servant arrived, but the camel was not with him. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr inquired that where is your camel? He replied that I lost it the previous night. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that there was only one camel, and you have lost that as well. Following this, Hazrat Abu Bakr stood up in order to hit him, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was smiling, and stated that look at this Mahrib, a pilgrim who is in the state of Ihram, that what is he doing? Ibn Abi Rizma relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, only stated that look at this Mahrib, what is he about to do? And the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then started smiling. In any case, when some of the companions came to know that the provisions of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had been lost, they brought him some hees. This is a confection of a very high quality made from dates, flour and butter. And this was presented before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, addressed Hazrat Abu Bakr 
who was reprimanding his servant. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that, O Abu Bakr, be lenient, as this matter is neither in your control and nor in ours. He further stated that this servant must certainly have tried to not lose the camel, but in any case it got lost. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that, look, this is a pure form of nourishment which has been brought to us from Allah the Almighty and it is a replacement of our provisions that were with this servant. Following this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ate the food, and those who used to eat with them also ate from it, until all were satisfied to their fill. Thereafter, Hazrat Safwan bin Muattal arrived, and his responsibility was to follow the entourage, and the task that was entrusted to him was the same as mentioned in the incident of Ifq that is, to follow and see if anything had been left behind. Hazrat Safwan arrived, and with him was the camel which was carrying the travel provisions. He brought the camel and sat it at the entrance of where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had camped. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to Hazrat Abu Bakr, that check to see if any of your belongings are missing. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied, that aside from a bowl which we used to drink water from, nothing is missing. Upon this, the servant stated that that bowl is in fact with me. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu relates that he departed alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to perform the Hajj during the Hajjatul Wada. With him was his wife, Asma binti Umas radiyallahu ta'ala anha and when they reached Dhul Hulafa Hazrat Asma gave birth to Muhammad bin Abi Bakr Dhul Hulafa is situated 6 to 7 miles from Medina in any case Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anha went to the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and informed him about the birth the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that tell Asma to bathe and then wear the ihram for Hajj and perform all the rites that others do, in other words, the other pilgrims, with the exception of performing the circuits around the house of Allah. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed by the valley of Usfan, he asked that, O oh, Abu Bakr, which valley is this? Hazrat Abu Bakr submitted that this is the valley of Usfan. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that Hazrat Hud and Hazrat Saleh passed by here to perform the pilgrimage of the ancient house on two red camels and the nose rings of which were made from the bark of date palms and they were wearing a cloak wrapped with a black and white patterned cloth on top and they were reciting the talbiyah, i.e. the prayer invoked whilst performing the pilgrimage. Along the journey, during the farewell pilgrimage, Hazrat Abu Bakr was among those who had a sacrificial animal with them. Hazrat Abu Bakr relates that I saw during the farewell pilgrimage that Suhail bin Amr was stood at the place to make the sacrifices and he was ushering the sacrificial animal of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, closer to him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, slaughtered it with his own hands and he then called for a person to shave off the hair on his head. He states that I saw Suhail was placing the blessed hair of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, on his own eyes. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu states that I then remembered that this was the same Suhail who was stopping the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, from writing Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, I in the name of Allah, the Gracious, the Merciful, when the agreement for the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was being written up. Upon this, I praised and glorified Allah who guided Suhail to Islam and who then excelled immeasurably in his sincerity and devotion after being granted guidance. In relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu leading the prayers during the final illness of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha relates that during his illness, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated 
that tell Abu Bakr to lead the people during the prayers. Upon this, Hazrat Aisha states that I submitted that Hazrat Abu Bakr will be unable to speak to the people due to the weeping while standing in your place. Therefore, instruct Hazrat Umar to lead the prayers. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha further states that I then said to Hazrat Hafsa that inform the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that if Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu stands in his place, people will be unable to hear him from all his weeping. Therefore, he should instruct Hazrat Umar to lead the people in prayer. Hazrat Hafsa did so, but the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, expressed his displeasure and stated that remain silent, for you are behaving like the women of Yusuf. Tell Abu Bakr that it is he who will lead the people in prayer. Prior to the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when Hazrat Abu Bakr was not present, Hazrat Bilal told Hazrat Umar to lead the prayers. When the voice of Hazrat Umar reached the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in his room, he asked, Where is Abu Bakr? For Allah and the Muslims are not pleased that anyone other than Abu Bakr lead the prayers. Hazrat Abu Bakr was then called and he arrived when Hazrat Umar had already completed the prayer. Hazrat Abu Bakr then continued to lead the prayers during the illness of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, up until his demise. Hazrat Aisha narrates that during the course of his illness, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, instructed Hazrat Abu Bakr to lead the people in prayer and for this reason he led the people in prayer. Urwa reports that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, felt some relief from his illness, he came outside to the mosque and he saw that Hazrat Abu Bakr was standing in the front leading the people in prayer. When Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu saw the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he stepped back. And seeing this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, indicated to Hazrat Abu Bakr to remain in his place. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, took a seat beside him. Hazrat Abu Bakr prayed alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the people followed the prayer of Hazrat Abu Bakr. This is a narration of Sahih Bukhari. And there is another similar narration in Bukhari. Hazrat Anas bin Malik Ansari narrates that Hazrat Abu Bakr would lead the people in prayer during the illness of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that led to his demise. It was on a Monday whilst people were praying in their rows when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, lifted the curtain to his chambers. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was standing and looking towards us and it was though as his blessed countenance was a page of the Holy Quran. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was happy and smiled and we thought that we would happily take on any hardship upon seeing the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Meanwhile, Hazrat Abu Bakr stepped backward to join the rose as he thought that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had come out for prayer. However, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, conveyed through an indication that we should complete our prayer and then he let down his curtain. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away that very day. In accordance with the first narration, Hazrat Muslim ta'ala anhu states that Hazrat Aisha reports that when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was unwell due to the illness that led to his demise, he was unable to lead the prayers because of severe weakness. For this reason, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, instructed Hazrat Abu Bakr to lead the prayers. When Hazrat Abu Bakr started the prayer, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, felt some relief and went out for prayer. Hazrat Aisha states that after instructing Hazrat Abu Bakr to lead the prayer and after the prayer had started, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, felt some alleviation from his illness. And thus the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, emerged while two men supported him up. She continues to state that at that time I saw before my eyes that the feet of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, were dragging against the ground due to severe pain. Upon seeing him, Hazrat Abu Bakr intended on stepping back, but the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, became aware of this and indicated to Hazrat Abu Bakr to remain in his place. Then the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was brought there and he took a seat next to Hazrat Abu Bakr. Following this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began to pray and Hazrat Abu Bakr followed him in prayer and the rest of the people followed Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu in prayer.
In respect to the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Urwa bin Zubair has reported another narration from Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, the blessed wife of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. She states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had passed away whilst Hazrat Abu Bakr was in Sunnah. In other words, he was in the village of Sunnah located in the outskirts. Upon hearing this news, Hazrat Umar who stood up when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, passed away. Hazrat Abu Bakr was not present. However, Hazrat Umar was present and he stood up and stated that I swear by Allah, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has not passed away. Hazrat Aisha states that Hazrat Umar would say that I swear by Allah, at the time I felt that Allah will surely cause the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to awaken in order to cut the hands and feet of some of the people. Meanwhile, Hazrat Abu Bakr arrived and removed the cloth from the face of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and kissed his forehead and stated, And may my parents be sacrificed for you. You are holy and pure at the time of your demise, just as you were during your life. I swear by him in whose hands is my life, Allah will never allow you to be subjected to two deaths. After saying this, Hazrat Abu Bakr went outside and stated that, O you who is swearing an oath, stop what you are doing. In other words, he told Hazrat Umar to stop. When Hazrat Abu Bakr began speaking, Hazrat Umar sat down and Hazrat Abu Bakr praised God and stated, Allah man kana ya'budu Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama fa inna Muhammadan kad mata wa man kana ya'budu Allah fa inna Allah hayyun la yamut That is, whosoever worship Muhammad, peace be upon him, then let it be known that he has surely passed away. And whosoever worships Allah, then you should know that Allah is alive and can never die. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr recited the verse, Innaka mayyitun wa innahum mayyitun That is, surely thou will die and surely they too will die. He then recited the verse, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُولٌ أَفَإِمْ مَاتَ أَوْ قُتِلًا كَلَبْتُمْ أَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِكُمْ وَمَنْ يَنْقَلِبْ أَلَىٰ أَقِبَيْهِ فَلَنْ يَذُرَّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيَجْزِ اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ That is, and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily, all messengers have passed away before him. If then he die or be slain, will you turn back on your heels? And he who turns back on his heels shall not harm Allah at all. And Allah will certainly reward the grateful. The narrator states that upon hearing this, the people wept profusely. Hazrat ibn Abbas states that I swear by Allah, it seemed as though up until that moment when Hazrat Abu Bakr had recited this verse, the people were unaware that Allah had even revealed this verse. It was as if the people learned this verse from him. And following this, whoever I came across was reciting this very verse. The narrator states that Sayyid bin Musayyib told him that Hazrat Umar stated that I swear by Allah, as soon as I heard Hazrat Abu Bakr recite this verse, I became so anxious that I fell to the ground because my feet could not hold me up out of awe. When I heard Hazrat Abu Bakr recite this verse, I realized that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had passed away. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar narrates that Hazrat Abu Bakr passed by Hazrat Umar whilst he was saying that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had not passed away. And he would not pass away until Allah the Almighty eradicates the hypocrites. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar continues to narrate that upon hearing this, they, i.e. the companions, rejoiced and raised their heads, whilst Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that let it be known that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has indeed passed away. Hazrat Abu Bakr was addressing Hazrat Umar and stated that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had indeed passed away. And have you not heard that Allah the Almighty has stated that inna ka mayyitun wa innahum mayyitun that surely thou will die and surely they too will die. And Allah the Almighty has also stated وَمَا جَعَلْنَا لِبَشَرٍ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ الْخُلْدِ that is, we granted not everlasting life to any human being before thee. Following this, 
Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu stood at the pulpit and addressed the people. In any case, Abu Abdullah Qurtubi states in the commentary of this hadith that this incident is a great testament to the bravery of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu because the pinnacle of bravery is to remain resolute and steadfast during adversity. And there could have been no greater disaster for the Muslims at that time than the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Thus, at that moment, the extent of his knowledge and bravery both became apparent. His bravery was demonstrated by his ability to endure the tragedy, and his knowledge was demonstrated through his explanation of the verses of the Holy Quran. Hazrat Muslim Aud states that it is recorded in the books of traditions and history that the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had such a profound impact upon the companions that they were utterly shocked, rendering some unable to speak and some unable to walk, some were unable to maintain control over their senses and thoughts. In fact, some were so deeply impacted by this shock that within the span of a few days, they passed away one after the other. Hazrat Umar was so severely impacted by this shock that he denied the news of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's demise, and stood with his sword in hand, declaring that if anyone says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away, I will kill them. He has merely been summoned just as Moses had been, and just as he returned after 40 days, so too will the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, return after some time. And those who raise allegations against him and are hypocrites will be killed and will be crucified. He made this declaration with such passion that none of the companions felt the strength to refute him. In fact, seeing this passion from Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu, it convinced some of them that indeed the truth is that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has not passed away and this joy was apparent from the expression. Thus, people felt either dejected or related. Upon seeing this state of affairs, some of the more prudent companions immediately sent a companion to bring back Hazrat Abu Bakr At the time, he had travelled to a village near Medina with the permission of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, once his health had slightly improved. The companion had only just set out when he met Hazrat Abu Bakr who was on his way back and upon seeing him tears began flowing from the eyes of the companion who had set out to deliver the news and wept uncontrollably. Hazrat Abu Bakr understood what had happened and asked the companion whether the Holy Prophet peace be upon him had passed away. He explained that Hazrat Umar was declaring that whoever said that the Holy Prophet peace be upon him had passed away, he would behead them with his sword. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr proceeded to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's home, and he removed the sheet that was covering the blessed body of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in order to confirm that he had indeed passed away. The grief of losing his beloved drew Hazrat Abu Bakr to tears, and as he bent down and kissed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's forehead, he stated that by God, Allah the Almighty will not cause you to die twice. The world has suffered by your loss, such suffering which has never been endured upon the demise of any other prophet. Your being is beyond description and your grandeur is such that no amount of mourning will lessen our grief. And had we possessed the power to hinder your demise, then all of us would have sacrificed our lives in exchange for saving yours from death. After saying this, he covered the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, with a sheet of cloth and then proceeded towards the area where Hazrat Umar anhu was sitting with a group of companions and he was telling them that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had not passed away and was still alive. When he reached there, Hazrat Abu Bakr asked Hazrat Umar to be silent. However, he did not listen and continued speaking. Thus, Hazrat Abu Bakr moved to one side and began informing people that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had passed away. The companions moved away from Hazrat Umar and began gathering around Hazrat Abu Bakr. Eventually, Hazrat Umar had no choice but to listen to him. And as has been mentioned earlier, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu stated, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ 
اف امات اوکتیلن کلب تم الا اقابکم ان کا میتن و ان میتون یا ایوناس من کان یا ابد محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم فعن محمد قدماتا و من کان یا ابد اللہ فعن اللہ حی اللہ یموت دیٹ از اینڈ محمد از اونلی اے میسنجر ویرلی اول میسنجرز ہیو پاسڈ اوے بفور ہیم ایف وین ہی ڈائی او بی سلین ول یو ٹرن بیک آن یور ہیلس شورلی یو ول ڈائی اینڈ شورلی دے ٹو ول ڈائی O people, let whoever worship Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hear that Muhammad, peace be upon him, has passed away. And whoever worshipped Allah should remember that he is living and cannot die. When Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu quoted both of the verses just mentioned and informed people that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had passed away, the companions realized the reality and immediately began weeping. Hazrat Umar himself states, And when Hazrat Abu Bakr proved the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's demise through verses of the Holy Qur'an, it felt to me as if those two verses had been revealed on that very day, and my knees became weak, almost unable to bear the weight of my body, and I began stumbling and the immense shock caused me to fall to the ground. Hazrat Muslim Aud states regarding the first consensus, i.e. ijma, among the Muslims on this occasion, that all Prophets prior to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, including Jesus. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away, the Muslims were in a state of anguish and the grief became unbearable. This same anguish led Hazrat Umar to take out his sword, stating that if anyone says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has passed away, I will behead them. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has not passed away, Rather, just like Moses, he has gone to meet God and will return and eliminate the hypocrites and then pass away. Hazrat Umar believed that until the hypocrites were eliminated, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, could not pass away. And since there were still hypocrites present at the time of his demise, he thought that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had not yet passed away. Hazrat Abu Bakr who arrived from a village he had been visiting near Medina and he went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's home saw his body and confirmed that he had indeed passed away, after which he left. He emerged while saying that Allah the Almighty will not allow the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to die twice, meaning one being the physical demise, whilst the other referring to spiritual death of Muslims upon his demise. He then went straight to the congregation of the companions and stated that he wished to say something to the people. Hazrat Umar anhu was standing with his sword in hand with the intention that if anyone announced the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's demise, he would kill them. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu stood and made this very announcement to the people, stating, Man kana minkum ya'budu Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa inna Muhammadan kadmata wa man kana minkum ya'budullaha fa inna allaha hayyun la yamut meaning, let whoever worship Muhammad hear that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has passed away, and let whoever worshipped Allah rejoice, for he is living and can never die. Then, as mentioned earlier, Hazrat Abu Bakr recited the following verse from the Holy Qur'an, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُولٌ أَفَإِمْ مَاتَ أَوْ كُتِلًا كَلَبْتُمْ أَلَا أَقَابِكُمْ That is, and Muhammad is only a messenger. Verily, all messengers have passed away before him. How then would he not pass away as well? And if then he die or be slain, will you turn back on your heels and leave Islam? Hazrat Umar states that when Hazrat Abu Bakr recited this verse of the Holy Qur'an, it opened my eyes and it felt as if this verse had only just been revealed. And it became clear to me that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had indeed passed away. He says that my feet began to tremble and I fell to the ground. After this, Hazrat Muslim Aud continues, This is the only ijma, i.e. consensus, of the companions, because at the time all the companions were present. In reality, the Muslims never experienced a time like this, because after that, they never gathered together in the same manner. 
In this consensus, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu recited the following verse, that Muhammad was but a messenger. Verily, all messengers before him have passed away. Therefore, it is not an objectional matter if he too passes away. And all of the companions agreed with him. Then, whilst explaining this in relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam states, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu has conferred such a great favour upon this ummah that it is not possible to repay it. Had he not gathered all the companions in Masjid al-Nabwi and not recited the verse before them that all prophets have passed away, then this ummah would have been destroyed because the evil-minded clerics of this era would have said that even the companions believed Prophet Jesus to be alive. However, for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu to present this blessed verse indicates that all the companions unanimously agreed that all previous prophets had passed away. In fact, couplets were composed about this very consensus. May Allah the Almighty shower his infinite mercy on the soul of Abu Bakr, for he saved all the souls from destruction through this consensus in which all the companions were present. And not a single companion was absent at the time. And this was the first unanimous agreement amongst the companions and an incredibly praiseworthy event. And there is similarity between Abu Bakr and the Promised Messiah which is that Allah the Almighty has vouchsafed in the Holy Qur'an with regards to both of them that when a state of fear will descend upon Islam and people will begin to turn away from their faith in apostasy, it is at that time that they will appear. During the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr and the Promised Messiah, this is precisely what transpired. Thus, after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, hundreds of ignorant Arabs became apostates and there were only two such mosques wherein prayers were offered. Hazrat Abu Bakr established them once again upon Islam. Likewise, in the time of the Promised Messiah, hundreds of thousands of people abandoned Islam and adopted Christianity, and both of these precarious times have been mentioned in the Holy Qur'an, i.e. in the form of a prophecy. Then, with regards to the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr, it is mentioned that when the noble companions learnt of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's demise, they gathered in the Saqifah, a courtyard of the Banu Sa'idah. In this gathering, they were discussing the issue of Khilafat. And the Ansar gathered in favour of Sa'ad bin Ubadah, the leader of the Khazraj. At the time, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Ubadah was unwell. And after mentioning his considerable sacrifices and services for Islam, the Ansar declared him to be worthy of Khilafat. In any case, after declaring him to be worthy of Khilafat, the Ansar had not yet pledged allegiance to him when a person from among the Ansar posed the question that what would happen if the Muhajireen did not accept the Khilafat. Upon this, a person suggested that there ought to be one Khalifa from among the Ansar and one Khalifa from among the Muhajireen. However, Hazrat Saad bin Ubadah brushed this aside, declaring it to be a weakness on part of the Aus tribe. The Ansar was still debating the issue of Khilafat in the courtyard of the Banu Saidah when Hazrat Umar bin al-Khattab, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah and other prominent companions were gathered in Masjid al-Nabwi and were coming to terms with the tragic loss of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Ali and other members of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's family were occupied with making the funeral preparations and no one had even thought about the matter of Khilafat and were unaware that the Ansar had gathered together to deliberate on the matter and wished to elect a leader from among them. In Tattapakatul Kubra, it is written that Hazrat Umar came to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah and said that extend your hand so that I can pledge allegiance, for you have been declared the custodian of the faith by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him himself. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah said to Hazrat Umar, and ever since you have accepted Islam, I have never seen an oversight on your part like this. Will you pledge allegiance to me, whilst we have Sadiq and Sani Asnan, I one of the two, that is, Hazrat Abu Bakr present among us? During this conversation, they learned about the gathering of the Ansar, and upon this, Hazrat Umar sent a message to Hazrat Abu Bakr informing him that there is an important matter to resolve. 
Hazrat Abu Bakr refused to come outside since he was preoccupied with ensuring the funeral arrangements. Upon this, Hazrat Umar sent another message inside, stating that there is an urgent matter for which your presence is vital. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr came outside and inquired from Hazrat Umar that what could be more important than the burial arrangements of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, for which he was calling him. Hazrat Umar stated, Do you know that the Ansar have gathered in the courtyard of the Banu Sa'ida and have decided to elect Hazrat Sa'd bin Ubadah as the Khalifa? And a person from among them has stated that there ought to be one leader from among them and one leader from among the Quraysh. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah reached the courtyard of the Banu Sa'ida, where they were in the midst of the debate. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah went and sat among them. And in one narration, Hazrat Umar stated that we went to the Ansar and when we reached near to them, we met with two righteous people, Uwam bin Sa'idah and Uman bin Adi. They both informed us of the intentions of the Ansar. They then asked, that where are you headed to? To which we said that we are going to see our Ansar brothers. Upon this, they stated that you do not need to go to them. You can solve the matter amongst yourselves. However, we said to them that by God, we will certainly go to them. In any case, they went to them and Hazrat Umar further states that we reached the Ansar and in my mind I thought of a speech which I would deliver before the Ansar. But when we reached there and I was about to say what I had thought of, Hazrat Abu Bakr said to me that wait until I have spoken and after that say whatever you wish to say. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr began speaking and he said everything that I had wanted to say. In fact, he said even more. With regards to what Hazrat Abu Bakr said in his speech, it is recorded briefly in the following narration. Abdullah bin Abdul Rahman states that after praising Allah and glorifying Him, he stated that verily Allah sent Muhammad وسلم, as a messenger and a guardian towards His creation so that they can worship Allah and affirm His oneness. And prior to this, they would worship various gods and would say that these gods would intercede on their behalf and bestow benefit upon them, even though they were carved from wood and stone. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr recited the following verse, وَيَعْبَدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يُذُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَيَقُولُونَ هَاؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا إِنْدَ اللَّهِ That is, and they worship, instead of Allah, that which neither harms them nor profits them, and they say that these are our intercessors with Allah. مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زلفا. That is, we serve them only that they may bring us near to Allah in station. After reciting these verses, he then stated that Arabs would dislike it if someone abandoned the faith of their forefathers. Thus, from among the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's tribe, Allah the Almighty primarily bestowed the opportunity upon the Muhajireen to attest to the truthfulness of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and accept his message and support him in the time of need. They remained steadfast with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, throughout the terrible persecution and rejection by his own people. Hazrat Abu Bakr further stated that despite the fact that everyone opposed them and persecuted them, yet in spite of them being fewer in numbers, they never feared the oppression and the united front of their own people. They, i.e. the Muhajireen, were the first people on the face of the earth to worship Allah in Islam and profess belief in Allah and His Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon Him. They are the friends and relatives of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon Him, and after Him they are the most worthy of being granted this station. And except for a transgressor, 
no one would quarrel with them in this matter. O people of the Ansar, your eminence and your acceptance of Islam first collectively cannot be denied. And your assistance of Allah's faith and his messenger, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is the reason why Allah was pleased with you. Furthermore, it was ordained for the migration of Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, to take place towards you. The majority of his wives and companions live here. And after the initial muhajireen, there is no equal to you in rank and status. The leader is from among us, and you are the viziers, and you will be consulted in every important matter, and we will not make any important decision without consulting you first. The speech delivered by Hazrat Abu Bakr in the courtyard of Banu Sa'ida has been mentioned in Sirat al-Halabiyya as follows. Hazrat Abu Bakr stated that as far as the matter of Khilafat is concerned, the Arabs will not accept anyone other than from among the Quraysh. The Quraysh, in terms of their lineage and tribe and in their land, which is Mecca, have always occupied a lofty and high status. And through our lineage, we are connected with all the Arabs because there is not a single tribe which does not have a close relation in some way or another with the Quraysh. We, the Muhajireen, were the first to accept Islam and belong to the same clan and family of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and we have close ties with him. We are from the family of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and thus have a greater right to Khilafat. Whilst mentioning these same incidents, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal writes in his Musnad about the role played by Hazrat Abu Bakr and after mentioning about Hazrat Abu Bakr arriving on the occasion of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him's demise and delivering a speech to the Muslims and announcing the demise of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, the narrator reports as follows. After delivering his speech and announcing the demise of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar quickly left for the courtyard of Banu Sa'ida. And upon reaching there, Hazrat Abu Bakr initiated the conversation and recited whatever had been revealed in the Holy Quran regarding the Ansar, and he did not leave anything out. He also mentioned all the excellences the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had said about the Ansar. Thereafter, Hazrat Abu Bakr stated, that you all recall that the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that if all the people walked through a valley and the Ansar walked through another valley, he would walk through the valley of the Ansar. Hazrat Abu Bakr then turned towards Hazrat Saad and stated, O Saad, do you recall the time when you were also sat there? And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that the Quraysh have a greater right to Khilafat and that the pious people will be led by the pious people of the Quraysh and the rebellious ones will be under the rule of the rebellious people of the Quraysh. Upon this, Hazrat Saad replied that yes, you indeed have spoken the truth. We are the viziers and you are the leaders. These accounts will inshallah continue in the future. I would like to draw attention towards prayers in light of the current situation of the world. The situation has become extremely perilous and continues in severity. It is not just one country, but in fact many countries will become embroiled in this conflict if it continues and its horrifying consequences will last for generations to come. May God enable the people to recognize God Almighty and not to play with human lives for the sake of fulfilling their worldly desires. In any case, we can only pray and admonish them and we have been continually doing so for a long time now. But especially in these days, Ahmadis should pray extensively that may Allah the Almighty safeguard humanity from the horrifying conditions of war. And may He also protect them from the unimaginable destruction that could take place. After the Friday prayers, I shall lead a funeral prayer in absentia of respected Khushi Muhammad Shakir Sahib, who was a missionary of the community, and he passed away a few days ago at the age of 79. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Verily to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. By the grace of Allah the Almighty, he was a Musi, and Ahmadiyyad entered their family through their paternal grandfather, 
Hazrat Mulvi Kareem Bakhsh Sahib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, who was a companion of the Promised Messiah He accepted Ahmadiyyat upon witnessing the sign of the plague and the brother of Hazrat Mulvi Kareem Bakhsh Sahib's wife, Hazrat Haji Muhammad Abdullah Sahib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, also had the good fortune of doing the bad at the hand of the Promised Messiah In the list of the companions of the Promised Messiah published in Tariq Ahmadiyyat Volume 8, Hazrat Haji Muhammad Abdullah Sahib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's name is 23rd on the list. In any case, with regards to the details of Khushi Muhammad Shakir Sahib, he passed his matriculation exam in 1969 and then devoted his life for Vakf and entered Jamia Ahmadiyya. He obtained his Shahid degree from Jamia in 1977 and passed his Arbi Fazil exam in 1978. He then served the Jamaat and in 1987, he also obtained a master's in Islam Yad. Aside from serving in various cities in Pakistan, he also had the opportunity to serve as a missionary in Guinea Conakry, where he also obtained a diploma in the French language. Allah the Almighty blessed him with six sons, and one of his sons, Nasser Islam Sahib, is also a missionary of the community and is currently serving in Rabwa. Khushi Muhammad Sahib had the opportunity to serve in various regions of Pakistan from 1977 to 1991 and from 1991 to 2007 he served in Sierra Leone and Guinea Conakry. After returning from there, he had the opportunity to serve in various offices in the Anjuman from 2008. He also had the opportunity to serve as additional Nazir Islaw Shad Mukami and in Nazarat Amuri Amma. While serving in Africa, many pious souls accepted Ahmadiyyat through him and many Jamaats were established. He was a very selfless and hard-working missionary. Various people have related many faith-inspiring accounts of his in the field of Tabligh as to how Allah the Almighty helped him. He also had the opportunity to serve as an Asirani Rahimullah, a prisoner in the way of Allah, in July 1986 in a case related to the Kalima Tayyibah. His wife writes that I can testify that throughout my whole life he never missed his prayer nor the Tahajjud prayer. Whenever he would return from an official Jamaat trip, despite the fatigue and tiredness, he would ensure to offer his prayers and he would try to offer it in congregation. Even when his illness had greatly intensified and it was very difficult for him to walk, he would go to offer the prayer in congregation. He possessed countless qualities. He would always remain occupied in fulfilling the rights of Allah and the rights of his creation. He would be mindful of even the minutest aspects of taqwa and had great love for khilafat. He was very obedient, humble and modest. He had great respect for the missionaries and office bearers and showed great love and affection to children. He would generously spend on his relatives and looked after the poor, and he had a great passion for Tabligh. In the final days of his illness, when his health deteriorated quite a lot, and he was taken to the emergency department for three nights and three days, even then when he would return home, he would not miss his Tahajjud prayer. And one day he came from hospital, and offered his Fajr prayer and he then got ready and went to the office. When he was advised not to go, he would say that this was the duty of a vakf and therefore he should not be stopped from his work. His son Nasir Islam, who is a missionary of the community, states that ever since we can recall, we have observed our father offering the Tahajjud prayer and demonstrated an exemplary level of obedience. Whether it be a senior office bearer or junior, he would always show obedience and he would give sadqa daily. He would always complete the tasks that were set for the day and he was extremely sociable and had a great passion for tabligh. He further states that I have observed my father that whilst in Africa, whether he was going to the mosque or returning or going for a walk or sitting in a hotel eating or if he was sitting in a waiting room, or if he met a police or military officer, he would never let an opportunity for Tabligh go to miss. And if we saw someone coming, we would often say that now that our father has seen him, 
That person cannot escape now and our father will certainly do tabliq to him. Another son of his states that our father told us that he was once in Africa and he was facing a lot of challenges in the field of tabliq. He offered a lot of prayers and offered the tahajjud prayer. He then heard a voice whilst in prostration, a failure is not in my nature. And subsequently the next day the challenge he was facing in his tabliq work was removed. In any case, many people have written accounts about him and all of them have said that he was very sociable, humble, devoted to worship and had a firm bond with Khilafat and had perfect trust in Allah the Almighty. May Allah the Almighty grant him his forgiveness and mercy and may he elevate his status and enable his children to continue his good deeds.